0: Math is arguably one of the hardest subjects to take in pretty much any level of your academic journey, but it's not because of the content that's being created, it's because of the mindset and the internalized messaging that we have all absorbed from the way that we teach and engage with math. So... Welcome back uh, to another episode. Um, First off, let me uh, welcome Celia. Thank you for being my co-host again.
1: Thank you for having me. Um,
0: So today we are talking about a lot of different things, um, including math and so much more. Um, So in order to do this, we brought on former math teacher and dean of culture and instruction um, for Summit Public Schools, Ernesto Lumaña. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you
0: for having me. Um, So I'm super excited because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects um, and most people's not favorite subject, math. (laughs) But before we do that, we're actually going to start off with our lightning round questions. So whenever we have a new guest on, we ask them um, 10 questions. So your goal is to try and answer them as quickly as possible. And this is just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to pass it off to Sally to start us off.
1: Okay. So the first lightning round question is coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Okay. A night on a town or staying in?
2: I'm 30 now, so um, th- staying in.
1: <laughs> Tour of Italy or Portugal?
2: Um, Italy.
1: Nice. Good answer. Sorry. <laughs> Tour of France or Spain?
2: Uh, France.
1: If you could have any job in the world, what would you choose?
2: Um, I would want to have my own restaurant slash lounge.
1: Uh, that goals goals.
0: <laughs> that is such like a different answer that we've we have never heard that before. So that <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, if you could change one thing about the world, what would you want to change first?
2: That's a lightning round question.
0: Yes. yes. Um,
2: if I could change one thing about the world, um, I would
0: like reverse climate change. That's that's an that's an answer. <laughs> um, that's a hard that's a hard question. I'm sorry. It's gonna get worse. <laughs> If you could have a superpower without any consequences, what would you want to have?
2: Um, I would want to be
0: invisible. Do you know who just said that? Missy Mani just said that last. Um, that was the you guys like I'm keep I keep seeing invisibility um, <laughs> pop up now because it's a pretty unique one. Um, yeah, like
2: I wonder why. Like I know why I want to be invisible. Why? I'm nosy. I want to be a part of, you know, conversations, but I'm not welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if you could have anything in the world in limitless quantities other than money, what would you want to have? Time. Explain.
2: Um, I don't <laughs> think I want to die. <laughs> and... I mean, I know there's the the sun and the moon, and so, you know, there's a set amount of time or hours in the day, um, but I feel like there's never enough to do, like, what I want to do, um, obviously, in a day, but then in a week, here in a lifetime. There's not mm-hmm. much I want to
0: do. Right. Okay, so that was it. Like, you did a really good job. Um, good job. You got the, you, got, you went through that super fast. <laughs> it's not that hard. Okay. Um, how hard was that on a scale of one to 10?
2: It wasn't hard. It's just, you're making me sweat over here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so let's first talk a little bit about math. Um, I kind of want to hear about your history as a teacher and, um, also as a math teacher.
2: Yeah. Um, do you want me to just talk or? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, as far as my history of a teacher and, and, math teachers, they're the same. Um, I've only ever taught math. Um, Mm -hmm. Math 7 is something I've taught, um, and then mostly Math 8. Definitely prefer Math 8 to Math 7, and I can share a little bit more about that later. But um, I started teaching and started teaching math with Teach America, um, which is a program that helps folks get into teaching um, while also earning their teaching credential. Um, and I did not study math so I went into the program hoping to teach like social studies um, in an ideal world like student government if that exists Um, but someone out there said oh you've taken enough classes you're qualified and I was like "Mm, I don't know about that but um, they believed in me um, and they provided me with some resources to check off some list of things I needed to do to be able to legally teach math. Um, (laughs) And next thing I know, I'm in front of students teaching math. Um, To be honest, it's always been something that I felt like I didn't feel really qualified to teach because um, I've never even taken calculus. Um, Mm -hmm. And math was something I was good at as a student um, in middle and high school, but wasn't necessarily my favorite subject. I took geometry twice, um, my lowest grades in high school. Um, one of them was a math course, so mm-hmm. I wasn't, I don't think I'm your typical math teacher in that like I helped my students do good in math, but I can't say that I ever got them to love math because I myself don't necessarily love it.
0: Um, okay, well that's a lie because I actually love math because of Math 8. Um, so there you go. Um, I guess I'm the anomaly. Um, so so I love how you also answered, like I like you gave a lot more history into like how you fell into the math teacher hole. But I kind of want to also add like why, like I'm assuming that there probably were other opportunities out there. So why were you like, oh, all right, let's just try and see where it goes with math.
2: Um yeah, so I had done some work before teaching and um I just knew that I really wanted to, to get into the classroom. Um and at that point in my life I had already I um, had already finished my undergraduate degree, so I had a bachelor's, I had already finished my graduate degree, so I had a masters as well. And I just I didn't want to be a full time student again. Right. So um I, this was an opportunity um to get into the work that I wanted to do while doing what I needed to do to just be able to do the work. And um, I don't know, like it just... Math also, like I think is like, once you learn like the the rules of it, like you're able to manipulate it to make it your own. Um, I also do feel really passionate about helping students um, so that math doesn't serve as a gatekeeper. I think historically, um, as you get to college, there's students that get there um and then might not be actually ready to engage with the college level math and like I right. think that's something that was um I, I was hoping to like disrupt that system for that.
0: right history. so it's interesting that you bring up that math is uh, kind of like the gatekeeper of high school and college because it is um but i also want to ask you know That's probably one of the reasons, or one of an answer to this question. But why is math often seen as super challenging?
2: Hmm, that's a good question. I think that math is often seen as super challenging because in the past, it's been taught in a way that really valued, like, the answer one right and usually a very specific way to get to that answer and i think with some changes to curriculum and instruction like we're moving towards a direction that allows for multiple representations multiple approaches and um, makes math classrooms more like problem based Um, and i think that's that's new so i think Part of that fear comes from just people having negative experiences, and the the other comes from like this is new, and like um, people don't necessarily um, they're they're not used to it, and don't necessarily know how to help. Like a parent might not know how to help their child in this new way of instructing math.
0: Right, and then so this also like leads great. what were some of the problems that you faced teaching math that were just super common?
2: Um, I, I I think the biggest challenges were just the diversity um, in terms of, like, readiness to, to engage in, in the course that I was teaching. So, like, for math eight, like, I had some students that were ready, like, for really, like, high school math. And then there were some students that were still struggling with like the concepts from the year before and so I think the beauty of having like a diverse classroom like that is that you can rely on your peers to help you through things Um, but it also can be very challenging if um, it's easier for a student to like act out and
0: and,
2: like you know draw negative attention to themselves because it's like it's easier to be like funny than dumb. Right? Yeah. So um, that can that can present a challenge for a teacher um, with relatively no to so little experience um, and like how to group kids and how to support different levels. Um, yeah. That's what I'm
0: right. Um, <clears throat> and I also wanted to like kind of ask to. <clears throat> man, this is like a really hard question to ask because there are so many different ways to answer this question, um, but I kind of want to hear uh, how do students become proficient at math? So, how would students who are currently struggling in math and like aren't getting the support they need, how can they advocate for themselves and become proficient in math?
2: Um, I. Sorry for the super hard question. No, not at all. I think um, one thing that I can't stress enough is just the importance of showing your work, um, or in some shape way, or form, like representing your thought process, so that others can get like an insight into that. Um, so that, like, as a teacher, if I see your work, like, I can actually see if there are if there's a misunderstanding or if there's a gap i can pinpoint that and right. like like that's my entryway into like being able to help you get um to the level of where you need to be for that task or that activity or that um unit grade whatever um so i think that is one very tangible thing um i think anyone can do um, it's showing your your reasoning in some shape or form and it doesn't need to be on paper um it doesn't need to be like Algebraic, it can be, it can take multiple representations, but it needs to be communicated to so others. things. Right. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think was, the other thing is just like
2: a, be like comfortable like failing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not going to come the first time and like, you know, everything's hard until it so, becomes so easy. Right. Um, and then like, just idea of proficiency, like, I, I think it's important to just understand that there are things that you need to do to sort of like, complete requirements to be competitive for x, y, and z programs. But like, proficiency, I think is thought of as like, this objective thing. And like, what does that really mean for you? Like, we're all gonna be engaging with math in our lives in different ways because of like our passions, our interests. And um, I obviously have done a lot with math because I've been teaching it, but like had I not been teaching math, like the proficiency that I, I would need to just live my life is different. Um, right.
0: Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Yeah.
1: Okay, so um, how do you go approaching a math problem?
0: Oh, mm.
2: any old math problem?
1: Yes, any.
2: Um, I think something that I've come across in like PD that I, I wish I shared more with students is try something easier. Like keep the, like, the heart of the problem the same, but like there are still today's like rules that in theory I've memorized, but I haven't actually memorized them. I just am able to very quickly remember the rule because I try something like, simpler and then from there I I realized oh okay th- that's the pattern and so um, I I look for patterns as well that's the other thing that I, I do
1: <laughs> nice question um, so when you're approaching a difficult challenge whether if it's in math or something else how do you go about by solving it
2: um, it's definitely something that I have to do like physically like on p- paper with a writing example, um, I've learned that like I, especially through this past year and a half, like I am good at like organizing myself digitally, but in terms of like actually seeing my work, I need to write things down.
1: Um, right. True. But, right. Period. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, so I also wanna ask, like before we kind of leave the math talk, I kind of wanna ask, what is the difference between algebra and geometry? This is actually a question that we got on our Instagram, and so I'm going to take the time to ask that. No.
2: Um, the difference between algebra and geometry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think geometry is a little bit more concrete um, and like it involves shapes. I think there are a lot more um, things that you can do with like physical objects in a geometry class that in algebra it's a little bit more abstract. Um, Right. I don't know, I mean, I I would need to look and see if there's actually some kind of (laughs) correlation, um, even though correlation does not mean causation. Um, I've heard that um, if you're good or if you enjoy algebra then the opposite is true of geometry and that was very true earlier.
0: yeah um
2: but i mean i think having an understanding of algebra makes geometry a little easier
0: yeah yeah i don't like i don't remember when i heard it was like if you loved if you love algebra you're gonna you're gonna really hate geometry <laughs> but i didn't like algebra and i really love geometry so it's kind of true for me um, what about you, Celia?
1: Um, I really don't like both, but math is not my it's not my favorite subject.
0: <laughs> oh, well that's gonna suck for you because you're gonna need it.
1: Um, yeah, I know.
0: Um so I also okay, hold up. Well, we're gonna shift a little bit. Um so we're gonna talk about math. Uh so but I kinda wanna talk more about a society kind of like political science I didn't want to use that term because that's so is probably favorite topic um so
2: political science yeah okay.
0: so why why is being mathematically literate in basic concepts not like calculus and differential equations i'm talking about just basic concepts in algebra why is it important for kind of like just living mindfully?
2: Um, I think because we live in a world where like, qual- no, nope, not qualitative, quantitative data um, is viewed as more objective and therefore has like, I think a, a different um, esteem to it. It is important to to know math to be able to like distinguish facts from um, fiction um, because mm-hmm. um, math, once you learn the rules, can be manipulated in different ways um, to like paint the picture that you want it to. Uh, and so, like in math, like I really enjoy statistics and probability because um, you can make it say a lot. But like if you aren't literate in math then like you're going to be easily manipulated yourself. And so I think that's why it's important to be able to... Yeah. Uh, there's a pod <laughs> skill at Summit, what is it? Um, um, something relevant sources, anyway.
0: Selecting relevant sources?
2: Maybe, maybe that's the one. <laughs> but yeah, I think math helps with like knowing like what...
0: Contextualizing relevant. sources? okay now now I'm really gonna need to know it because like I'm gonna need to remember the rubric and I forgot every cog skill. so um, that's a problem. So um, <laughs> let me go ahead and pass it back to Celia.
1: Okay, so um, I think this is a question that's very um, controversial or not controversial, but something that everyone wants to know. Can you naturally be good at math or is this like made up?
2: Um, I don't think anyone is born like a math person, and I think that is a very um, deceitful narrative that exists. That I think we really need to break. Um, I think that the the power of the mind is enormous, and so like you going into a, a classroom setting and just sort of already thinking that the person next to me just is born better at doing math um, is gonna hurt you more than than anything. So. Um, I think there are some people based off of their upbringing that maybe have been exposed to things a little bit earlier. Um, and so it might seem like that they're quote unquote better, but right. I think everyone is, is equally capable um, with the right support. Great. Right. Mm.
1: Um, okay. Usually math is taught by lecturing a group of students. Is this an effective way to teach math or do you practice something different?
2: Um, I think there's a time and place for lectures. Um, I don't think that there should be a lot of them in a math class. Um, I think that is really, I think, especially through virtual school and, and, and with, like, technology, we can put these lectures out there into the world and have them as resources as you need them, but I think you learn math best by, like, Learning the right advice. You just need to get on the thing and do it, knowing you're gonna fall, hurt right. yourself, but like get up yeah. and do it again.
1: Right. True. Okay, so um last question. How do people use math, specifically statistics and graphs, to manipulate the public and how can we stop this?
2: Um <laughs> I'm sure this- I mean the last time that i actually saw a graph that was like really excited to bring back to my classroom was when we were talking about like um flattening the curve as COVID cases were rising um and so that's that's one thing that comes to mind actually i have something on my instagram that was like this is why you should listen to your math
0: (laughs) bcw do not put your instagram handle on our don't, don't say it out loud because there's people from there's students from somebody to listen to unless you want them to follow you
1: uh, yeah
2: my teacher instagram is fine <laughs> um oh yes okay so uh, there was someone out there that posted like um something i don't even know what it's called I don't is but it was the risk of blood clots um with like
0: oh vaccines. yeah
2: and so like it was showing different percentages um, of like the risk of blood clots with the vaccine, birth control pills, cigarette smoking, and then COVID nineteen. Okay. Um, and so, like, if you don't know how to read a percentage, don't know decimal values, like you might see one of these longer looking numbers and think that oh, that's a really big percent, right? Um, when in actuality, it's a smaller percent. So um, that's that's one way that I'm thinking.
0: Right. That Aww. is like very relevant yes Um, especially well especially since there's also and i think this kind of comes back i don't i don't remember what teacher said this was there was a teacher um it was in you know we were talking about kind of like the big fancy words that people use just to intimidate um the general public and it kind of like it kind of reminds you of like the big words that you know you broke down in math and in science classes because they are like very complicated words that a lot of adults don't even know what they are. And so it kind of leads you to question why they're using the words if they're talking to the general public. Um, and then that's kind of like a good red flag for me that they're mm-hmm. trying to like, they're trying to like either hide something or just seem very confusing. So you can't ask questions. I agree 100%. And this also leads kind of into um, talking about math and um, the way that we kind of, the way that we the the way that we see math in our society. Um, often, like oftentimes, we associate the your knowledge your knowledge level of mathematics uh, with your success, and so it's told to us all the time especially if you're a student, that if you're not good at math, then you're not going to be able to, like, make it through college or something. Um, Like, make it through adulthood. And, of course, those aren't associated, but what are some of the ways that we might be able to respond to people who try and tell us that?
2: If they tell you that you need to be successful in math to be successful in life? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think in those instances you just need to have a clear understanding of like your sense of purpose and like your concrete next step especially as a high school student like what's what's after high school um because in some instances that might be true like um you know you you probably need to know a good like a fair amount of math in order to be like an engineer or something um but year you're going to be um i don't know a singer (laughs) i mean sure there's a like you know you need to know math to like handle your money and yes that's true but i think in those moments like just being clear about like what it is that you want um and understanding how math and all the other things that you might have to study along the way like how much matter how much they actually matter or don't because I mean, I'm a math teacher, and throughout my college experience, I took one math class. And that one math class was probably like college, it was college ready math. Like, I was beyond quality, like overqualified for it, but I was like, I don't need this for what I was studying political science, and I didn't see math as being relevant to what I needed. Or wanted to do so I it was something that I needed to check off the box um, right and so I in my I don't know how many quarters I was at um, 4, but I took one math class
0: right wow you're um. that completely changed
2: yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> my mom to this day says because um, I I still remember my the first seat that I brought home um, as a middle school student, was in my honors math class as a sixth, or seventh grader, and like I got punished hardcore. Um, like that summer, my mom made me go to like work with my stepdad, and yeah, it was very like arduous manual labor. Right. Um, and I was like, I'm never gonna need math in my life. Da 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 da. Years later, I'm a math teacher, so yeah, she throws that in my face all the time.
0: Okay. You can stop. You can stop recording. Okay. So now we're going to, we're going to shift focus away from, well, kind of shift focus away from math and talk about kind of just being a teacher. Um, because with well, a lot of people don't know what it means to be a teacher and also like what it takes to, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of, it's a very like misunderstood realm.
2: Um,
0: so, (laughs) uh, can let's just start off kind of easy here and talk about like what your favorite moment as a teacher is so far
2: um
0: i guess I, this isn't easy
2: it's not easy but i think um before teaching like i had this life that i wanted to live for myself and that involved like a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally like internationally Mm -hmm. um, but um, just like for sure some kind of travel and something that I really cherished was the opportunity to um, take a handful of students my first and my second year teaching um, on a travel study trip to DC. Um, I wish that I could have done that with many more students um, but finances were a real uh, barrier mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm grateful for the few that I was able to um, go with because I think traveling just expands like your horizons and um, worldview in a way that just staying locally
0: doesn't right so okay <laughs> this is going to be a really weird question to ask just because there's there's a lot of answers to this question But what is it really like to be a teacher?
2: (laughs) Um, I think it's the hardest job that you'll ever love if you do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing I want to say. The other thing that I want to say is everyone thinks that, like, they know because they've been a student. Like, that's, that's the weird thing about, like, education and, like, specifically teaching We've all in our lives interacted with a teacher, and for a good chunk of time, right? Right. You're
0: yeah.
2: In public education, case well, like I, you know something, and you do, and like you don't know everything that like the teacher is doing after hours, and right. Um. And sometimes that's a lot of work. Yeah. Um. More than. Like, even incoming teachers know what they're getting into. Um, the first couple of years um, can be very difficult. Um, and it gets easier with time, because you, you know what to you expect. You become an expert and more comfortable. And then you build routines that you can transfer like year after year. Um, but it's, it's kind of hard. And though there's a lot of collaboration, like, there's also, like, times of isolation in,
0: in the work. Yeah. Like, like, so there's i don't know i think i saw this on twitter um and it was saying that you know like being a teacher is the only job where everybody thinks that you have summers off um and uh at our school um a lot of students uh interact with the staff um during the summer so personally i know what teachers do um during the summer so can you tell us a little bit about what you know, they actually do during the summer? Do they actually have it off? And I'm using air quotes there.
2: Um, I, mean, I don't want you just to come after me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think there. so I think it varies from school to school. Um, and something that I wasn't anticipating before, like, I got into the, the work was, like, I knew that there would be time off. And I didn't realize that that time-off would be unpaid. So, um, like, my, actually, every single year that I've been teaching, like, I never got paid a whole year. Uh, so, like, I, I have, like, my annual salary. Yeah. But that annual salary was split into either 10 months or 11 months. But, like, there was always at least one month where I had to figure out how to, like, at least pay rent.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. And, like, Obviously, I, I could have um, budgeted in advance, like make it work. Yeah. But um, oftentimes, um, a lot of teachers will get a, like a summer job. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I did every summer until I realized I'm like, I, I need to sort of start taking care of myself in order to be able to sustain myself in this work. So right. um, the last couple years, especially um, with like everything that's been happening in the world, I actually did take. That time off. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but like um as I was doing that, I was very restrained in what I was able to do because I, I knew I wasn't getting paid and I wasn't doing anything extra to to make up that um loss of income. So um that's one thing. <laughs> the other thing is like a lot of teachers are doing like professional development.
0: Yeah.
2: And some of it is like obviously school um sponsored and led, and a lot of it is just like because you want to be better Um, so like I've I've done a lot of like free online classes and like you know I'm technically on summer vacation but I'm at my computer taking notes just trying to get better um, because I want to do better by students so there's time off and it is time off from students and I think most teachers will appreciate not having grades during that time but um, it's not time off
1: yeah
0: so uh i kind of you know a lot of people so a lot of people know that like there's you know like you have office hours and like the stress of not only teaching but also like dealing with kids personal life as well because it's honestly like with my experience with teachers, a lot of them um, do become mentors to their students because they are helping them develop um, emotionally and psychologically and relationship-wise. So, but what are some of the the positives of being a teacher? Oh,
2: there's so many. I think it it's really just it comes down to like the, the relationships with students. Like, I think at the end of the day, that is what keeps teachers in the profession and like what keeps them coming back like day to day. Like I remember my my first year um, at CAM, um, the students weren't the most warm and welcoming <laughs> to outsiders, to like newcomers, right? And I was an outsider, I was a newcomer. Um, and I inherited a mentor group that had already built, you know, their culture yeah. and attachments with their previous mentor. And, um it was it was a challenging start um and like i grew to love them i, I think some of them grew to love me but like i remember sharing in a PLT meeting with one of my uh, former mentees um that like that re- that one relationship is like what kept me coming every morning because like i knew i would see that student and like just like the the connection that i felt with that student um the smile that they brought to like, make made the the struggle worthwhile.
0: Right. Um, so I also want to ask, um, and you kind of talked about this a little bit, but what are some of the unknown expenses, and it doesn't have to be money wise, um, of being a teacher?
2: Um, so you mean like
0: other than buying supplies. Well,
2: yeah. Um, I think time. Um, I'm away from like other things. Um, I think that if you, if you don't work in like education or teaching like I want to say most jobs like once the workday ends, you're done.
0: <laughs> right.
2: You're able to like go home and, and be present with your family. Right. Um. And with teaching like yes we're on with students from you know 8 20 to 3 20 or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but and, and and there's often like meetings sometimes before sometimes in the middle of the day sometimes after but like once all that stuff is done like I still have a stack of papers that <laughs> and I'm bringing them home and so like I, I think when I think of an expense it's like yes you signed up for that um, and I think teachers should be fairly compensated for that. Yeah. But I think what else is true is that, like, you're like family and your partners are affected by that. Like, my partner just didn't necessarily sign up to, like, yeah. grade papers with me, but there they are, like, supporting my, you know, um, or just being understanding that I, I need to grade and, and I'm not going to be available. So I think that's an expense.
0: For sure. Yeah. Um and I also wanted to add like now that you said that, how how much do you think teachers should actually be paid? <laughs>
2: um how much do I think teachers should be paid? Well, first off, it should be enough to be able to live in the communities that they teach. Um but. Is gonna be different for different communities, but like, I sh- I shouldn't like, if I if I teach in an area, I should be able to live in that area, so enough to be able to live there. Um, and then, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say a hard number, but I I think, I ideally teachers should be paid year round because of all the time that they're putting in during the school year that like.
0: And also, should be paid for office hours too.
2: Yeah. Um all of that and any the extra duties.
0: Um paying for supplies.
2: Yeah, a good a good insurance. Um, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I think that question can be answered in, in so many different ways, but like I think teachers need to be paid in a way that is respectful for like the amount of work that goes into it and right. it's, a, it's a labor of love, but like
0: Take like advantage it. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm I don't remember what class I was in. I'm pretty sure it was probably history. Um and we we were talking about teacher salary and so one person Googled the teacher the, like the average salary of a teacher because they didn't know somehow. Um and they like kind of just sat there in silence for oh, I don't know, the entire class. Because they like they processed how damaging it could be, and so yeah. like that's why I love talking to teachers like you, um, and we've interviewed several teachers uh, because you kind of you, teachers are in in my opinion probably the well they are the people who essentially carry our society, um, and they're kind of, and they're treated as the 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 underdogs of our society, which. Um, is really it's really weird um because you're giving you know like if you're an adult you are giving your child um to be emotionally psychologically and academically nurtured um by teachers for like six to eight hours a day
2: yeah and i, I think that uh, again like going back to like why i really enjoyed like traveling with students like that isn't the same everywhere. Sure. Like yeah. The world, right? Like, there are some societies that value teachers, and like, um, their scheme of being a teacher is equal to you know being like a lawyer or a doctor. Yeah, the field is respected for like the professional, um, that make the field, and I, I don't know why it's not like that, yeah, here.
0: What's well what's crazy is like, you know, like okay, so if you've been listening so far and you still don't know like you don't have a good idea of the teacher's responsibility, just imagine you're in a you're in a room with like twenty plus kids and you have to teach them a concept. There you go. Sit with that and like pretend you won't panic. 20.
2: Pre- <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, hey. 30. Okay, no 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 no. You can't say thirty because they're gonna panic. That's why okay, you right can't there, say thirty yeah. because they're gonna run out of the the room just okay, immediately. Twenty
2: five,
0: yeah, right. Like who? It. I mean, really. Um. And so I also wanted to ask, like, can you talk a little bit about burnout in the teacher community, and also how we can support teachers in this?
2: Yeah, burnout is,
0: is real, and. Oh, we know now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do student um, if, if anybody knows it's students students know what the academic burnout feels like yeah
2: um I think that there's there's some like school cultures I think actually this is where um like admin um have a, a big role to play right um, because part of the burnout is like I mentioned this norm um that like teachers are bringing work home and they're they're having to do to go above and beyond and and not be compensated for it and like i think this is where like good leadership can like mitigate some of those um things and so one way that i I, I, am thinking about is protecting teachers work time and like um not having meetings that could have been an email um, and similarly, like protecting their their work time from like unnecessary like student um, discipline stuff, or like like I know that there's a shortage of of personnel, and so like for example, like lunch duty might be a thing, but like leadership needs to really protect teachers' work time so that they can right. continue. Um, like teachers need to be well in order to teach well
0: so they have Um, time to eat in peace.
2: Or just to eat. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Use the restroom. Yeah. That is a luxury. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I think what everyone else can do um, is is honor that, like, I think those boundaries, like I know a lot of teachers make themselves accessible um, at all hours. For yeah. students and families and I think we do that with like the with good intentions. And like sometimes like does that message need to be sent at eleven PM at night?
0: Hey, oh yeah.
2: That's... Like if it needs to then sure. Um and send it. But like if it doesn't or if it doesn't need to be sent to that teacher and maybe like someone not like I think that's recognizing um that even though teachers do take work home, like we shouldn't be
0: adding on to that or encouraging that we should be a Yeah. Um and so I kind of wanted to also ask Okay. So a lot of I mean so people aren't going to know this. Um and we'll we'll talk about this in a in a minute, but um before uh we move into the next thing, I also wanted to um, point out that they're there for students. One way that I have found um, to supporting students is also communicating to families that their teachers' off time is not really off time and they have other things to do, as in relationships or go like to the grocery store or go eat for the first time, um, other than coffee. Like, I, like, those are things that you know, I know students probably know, but. Another way that you can also um, also support teachers is just expressing that um, that boundary again, um, and so that's just another little gem. <laughs> so <laughs> I forgot. I told you not to forget. <laughs> I forgot what we were actually talking about, but what I wanted to say was, um, it'll come
2: back. Teacher Appreciation Week is great and like maybe appreciate teachers outside of that week as well.
0: <laughs> okay, um, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like what's, well, what's nice is there's like, I love that now, like, especially because of COVID, uh, like Teacher and Professor Week kind of blew up on Instagram and TikTok too, um, which is nice. But one thing that I've been seeing pop up recently on uh, my Instagram feed is just uh, writing letters to teachers um, and just like telling them how they positively impacted their life. Um, And that's like another thing that like just popped up now that you said that. (laughs) Yeah. How does, okay, hold up, hold up. Now I need to ask, do teachers actually like Teacher Appreciation Week or is it kind of insulting because it's just one week and then bye? You know
2: i've had i've come across some mixed reactions from teachers like on the one hand it's like i'm uh, you, you know there's the sentiment that really that's all i'm gonna get like a starbucks gift card um yeah because the work is you know so hard yeah um and sometimes uh it goes under noticed or
0: underappreciated. Right.
2: Um but on the other hand, like I'm not gonna turn away a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> so um I think it's just really about sharing, like you said, um, your appreciation um with teachers so that really that like they know that that they're having an impact.
0: Right. How many Okay, wait, hold up. So what's your favorite Starbucks drink? Now that I need to have, I, I have to ask now, like Is it still um, caramel Macchiato? Upside down. Yeah. Oh, my God, you remember so bougie. it. <laughs> so <laughs> He was like, it needs to be upside down. Is it still that?
2: I haven't had that probably since the last time I did crossing Guard duty. So that was years ago. <laughs> um, did you I'm evolve?
0: Not...
2: You know, I think I just started realizing, like, where my money was going. <laughs> and, and so I like, didn't need to be going there. Probably not. Okay, so, so do
0: you make your own coffee now?
2: I'm getting there. Right now, where I'm at in that journey is I'm buying the, like, the, I don't know how many gallons of, like, Starbucks iced coffee, and then making my, like, just iced coffee at home in the morning. Right. So um, that's the extent of my making my, my coffee.
0: Okay. If you, if you just add caramel syrup in it, then you essentially have a caramel macchiato. In essence, you have that. Just saying um i don't know why Starbucks like every single time i go to on the starbucks app it just gets more expensive (laughs) yeah every time so that's why well by the way like i guess this is kind of a spoiler we are planning to do a coffee up like an entire episode about coffee but um that's like the reason why um is because it's expensive um so now let's go ahead before before i ask um the last couple questions we are going to do a do a this or that segment um so we're just doing this or that like that's all we're doing um, just to keep it simple so yeah. well the questions are going to be hard again sorry uh, are you ready i think so okay um first off would you rather have no taste or no smell oh
2: this
0: is very COVID. <laughs> we did not do that i i just realized that
2: oh no um you should like insert a trigger warning here um no taste or no smell i'm
0: gonna there's nothing else about coronavirus in here (laughs) i guess this is the ugly one
2: i'm gonna say no smell
0: okay would you rather change the future or the past just by reimagining it
2: as uh, the future?
0: Uh, would you would you rather give up your salary for the next five years or give up everything you have in the bank right now?
2: <laughs> you know if I was a real good math teacher, I'd be able to do math real quick in my head. Uh, um, Everything
0: I have in the bank right now. Um, Would you rather be able to talk to uh, animals or speak all human languages? Speak all human languages. Would you rather have a completely full battery for your phone or always have a full tank of gas? This is a logistical related question and we had an entire argument about this, by the way.
2: Um, well, I have a hybrid
0: car now, so I would prefer Wait, when did you get a hybrid car? Last
2: year.
0: What happened to your other fancier car?
2: You know, I, again, I was <gasps> thinking right. about where... That's I, right.
0: I just remembered. I just remembered what happened to it. Yeah, I
2: was just thinking about where my money was going. <laughs> yeah. So my preference, if I can have it, is to have a fully charged car.
0: Okay, <laughs> um, cause we like we were just ar- I think the the argument came from math. Like we were trying to do like a cost analysis there, trying to figure out okay, would we save more energy or would we save more money through decreasing the electric bill or just not having to buy gas? Which obviously gas, like that's how it just worked. Um, so that's interesting. Um, we've never had anybody who had an electric car and was like. Eh so thank you for stumping me um would you rather work a high-paying job that you hate or your dream job with only enough money for basic necessities
2: um <laughs> basic
0: wait is that is that basically describing okay. yeah that's what like <laughs> is that what did i just do that Whoops! i
2: think
0: so yeah i I think i'm fine with that okay um would you rather stay where you are in your life for the next 20 years or move forward 20 years in your future life
2: like just fast forward to that time and not experience
0: it yeah
2: oh no i'd rather
0: right So this was another like debate question, um, because it was just like either people wanted to like fast forward, but then you're missing twenty years, right? Like you might, or you could just stay.
2: As you get older, like (laughs) there, the desire to age quickly like diminishes. Like I remember being young and like looking forward to being seventeen, and then nineteen, and then twenty one, and then I got twenty one, and I was like, oh no,
0: it doesn't slow down. it, It doesn't. We have middle schoolers who listen to this podcast and that I really have to agree with that trend. And I'm only 17 and it decreased rapidly, Um, like very rapidly. Um, So the, the dream job actually kind of flowed like amazingly into our last segment here. So the reason why I really wanted to like bring you on to this episode is because you encouraged me to like pursue wild dreams. Um, I definitely thought of you as a teacher when we founded this media studio. (laughs) Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of like following your dreams and also making them, um, into reality. Um, so oftentimes, you know, people tell us, oh, like dream big, but they never tell us like how to practically like take the first next step. So can you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Um, how to dream big and take the first
0: step towards it yeah <laughs> um I'm asking all the very hard to answer questions
2: yeah I think it starts with first like knowing like that like defining that dream for yourself right um and and being sure of it um whatever that means and like and be prepared to like you know, respond to the haters, um, and sometimes it's not haters of like, like. I think about my relationship with my stepdad, and when I'm thinking about haters, I'm thinking about him, not because we have a negative relationship, but because he had a very defined, like, vision of like what he wanted me to do, right. and you know, he wanted me to become a doctor, or an engineer, or a lawyer, and I was like like, when he would ask me, like, what do you, like, what do you, what do you want to be? I was like, I just want to be happy. And, like, I don't know what that means right now, like, at the point in my life when he was asking me, but, like, right. I knew, like, I I wanted to just be happy, and I was going to figure it out, and, um, you know, I had to sort of, like, be sure of that response for myself to be able to say, like, I hear you, and I appreciate your feedback and, and your input, but I'm going to not listen to it and i'm not gonna go be an engineer because that's gonna make you happy because at the end of the day i'm gonna have to live my life and yeah i might make all that money but be miserable so right it's defining the dream for yourself the second thing is really about creating a community that's going to support you in getting there because i can't think of well, I'm sure you can get there on your own, but that's going to be lonely. And, and very, um, really
0: hard, like, really hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, and really hard. And, like, like you you need your... It, it'll be easier um, with community. And when mm-hmm. it does get hard, like, that community is going to be there for you. Um, and I think that's super important because um, life is going to throw challenges your way and handling them on your own can sometimes, like
0: the difference between making it and breaking it. right um I also wanted to ask like so do you think that there's like too much of an emphasis put on high schoolers to like figure out exactly what they want to do um, kind of like immediately and like lay out a complete path um, is that something that you think is true or is it something else well,
2: I'm mean, that's my job now <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I didn't. No, I did not. I said exact path. CNS it like anticipates failure coming, but okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> whoops. Ask your
2: question again, so
0: I can... No. Okay. Do. Okay. Hold up. So, do you think that there's um, too much of an emphasis put on high schoolers to like figure out a complete path, um, of what they want to do in their life. I don't know that it's too
2: much of an emphasis i think it is important
0: um to
2: sort of dream big and have like backup options and sort of um like concrete next steps yeah because i i don't think it's super important that you have like that answer as soon as you graduate right but and and You can you can continue to you know develop those um, ideas for yourself in college, but it's it's an expensive journey. Yeah. And like I I think about like when I was in grad school and I was um, working for admissions and talking to prospective students, if you get to somewhere and you don't know what you want to get out of it, like it's going to be an expensive. Like by the time you figure it out, you've already invested thousands of dollars. Yeah hundreds of hours and like there's nothing wrong with that, but like unless you're made of money, like
0: that's why it's a good idea to have kind of just a general idea.
2: As specific as possible, but yes, general is better than nothing.
0: (laughs) Um and I also wanted to ask we could well okay, so college is daunting, duh. Um but I really wanted to ask um how can schools prepare students to be better equipped um, to just like, I guess just deal with college um, because a lot of people describe um, high school as like just like letting kids just be pushed off a cliff and and diving into college with like nothing to help. So like, can you elaborate a little um, more on how schools can actually support? Uh
2: Yeah, I think that going to respond in a very summit way but uh, i mean it's my still with I, I i don't know that like the the skills or the habits that we're teaching are the right ones people out there about my pay grade have done some research and figured out that yes that works um, but i do think that that's the right approach that um equipping students with the right habits of success, and, and the right universal skills, yeah. um, is they go about it, because um, like, at the end of the day, we're, we're preparing students to enter multiple, like, majors, and like, what you're going to need as like a, that science major is different from like a poli-sci major, yeah. and um, what is true for both those kinds of students is that you both need to be able to, like, you need to know how you learn best and how to study, um, you need to know um, how to create a sense ha- how to have a healthy sense of uh, community and attachment um, with folks um, these like transferable skills aren't specific to a content and I think those are the things that are really gonna make the difference between like getting to college and making it through college
0: do you know all the 16 habits of success do you yes um, <laughs> and i, I- I have a reason to know actually you do too now, but I have a reason and it's called this. Right here, at circle. That's why. Um, you- shout
2: out to your mentor. Um, <laughs> yes. Ms. I Miss
0: Mo's gonna listen to this episode and be like, that's my
2: <laughs> I don't think I know them all, but okay. like
0: what are the what are the ones that you know?
2: Habits of success.
0: Do not look it up. I will know, because I can. I know them by order. By the way.
2: (laughs) By order. Yeah. Oh god. Um, Going
0: from. I guess left to right. I guess. But
2: but it's a pyramid. And. So
0: you're you're talking
2: about left right.
0: Okay. Okay. Hold up. I guess I'm going from. I guess I'm going down up then and reading from left to right because I don't know why it's a pyramid, but okay, <laughs> I totally forgot it's a pyramid. Well,
2: I, yeah, I think that's important because I think the, the habits they build on themselves and I think...
0: Well, yeah, I guess it does because it goes from attachment to self-awareness, growth mindset, yeah. resilience, and self-direction. Yeah. Okay. For sure, I'm not gonna argue. What is, (laughs) what, what's your favorite habit of success?
2: Um, my favorite. Okay, I need to look this up. If if I'm not naming them, (laughs) I want to at least have the menu. Right. Hopefully, no one from admin is listening i will i can not.
0: i can almost guarantee you that no one is listening from i um
2: <laughs> i like agency that is one that i really do like um
0: yeah.
2: which for me is, is sort of like um agency and self-efficacy go um hand in hand right um, and I, i'm always looking to shout out students who are like showing that initiative because i think that's one that is going to be really helpful like If you are someone that goes to, like, a high school that doesn't have, like, office hours, um, getting to, like, college and where office hours are expected um, and, and like, they're expecting you to know what to do with that, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um, that can be challenging. And so I think um, agency is one of my favorites to, like, name with with students.
0: Right. Okay. So this is my last question. Um, You made it. Congrats. Um, This is a really hard question, like, and I mean really difficult. So, given everything that you've experienced with online school for the past one and a half years, um, wow, that is a huge number. Um, (laughs) What advice can you give to students who are going back to school for the first time in a a long time? (laughs) I'm so sorry. advice to students. Like, what's your, like, one piece of advice? Uh.
2: (laughs) I think that it is going to be super important to communicate your, um, access this year in a way that, like, before, um, like, when we think about access needs, like, um, usually we think about, like, um, folks that need, like, accommodations to be able to, like, um, engage in something. Right. And, like, historically, that's been limited to, like, folks that have um, disabilities. Them, right. Like, um, and while that is that continues to be true, um, I think it's also important to be thinking about, like, our mental health and students are, are entering these spaces with so much uncertainty and, and fear and anxiety and it's one okay to, to feel like that. And Thank you for like,
0: acknowledging that.
2: <laughs> I mean it's real like I think teachers are feeling the same way like I, one thing I appreciated about my job is that I kind of had a slow start mm-hmm. into like going in person because otherwise I, I don't know that I could have done it like it, it is weird and I think the more that like, you can share that, like the better informed the adults making the decisions will be of like how you and your peers are feeling. Right. Um, to able to make decisions that take that into account because otherwise,
0: because it's they're jarring. Yes, it is. A, it's a complete environmental change, but yeah. Um, yeah. Also, thank you for acknowledging like that it is challenging. Um, I know. Um, I was talking to. One of uh one of, the, one of my peers um we were just talking about how, there are, like there are going to be schools who are going to gaslight students into just, thinking that everything is back to normal like nothing happened like just go back to like things as like normal, um, you know what I mean you know exactly what I'm talking about so that's what we were talking about, um, and I I it, like it truly just makes me want to cry that there are teachers that um well duh teachers know exactly or mostly what students are going through because they went through the same thing. Um, and so that, I think that is something that we can definitely all connect over um, when we go back. Always. Wow, um, this was amazing. So uh, thank you um, Ernesto Mania for being here. Um, I'm so used to calling you Mr. Mania. Um, uh, so thank you for being here with us today.
2: Thank you for having me, um, this is great.